here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Shake Them Ropes episode 152 is brought to you today by the VoicesOfWrestling.com Amazon affiliate link. If you're shopping on Amazon, make sure you go through VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon before making your purchases. There's no extra cost to you, but a portion of the proceeds will go help support this podcast and VoicesOfWrestling.com. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon shopping. Jeff Hawkins and I today on a lot of the hot topics in WWE from Raw the build-up to Money in the Bank. We got your questions via Twitter and much more, including our WWE mock draft, all in this episode of Shake Them Ropes, which begins now. Rob McCarron. Maybe, maybe Rob's just getting a little Twitter happy with polls. Maybe. Jeff Hawkins. Rob likes his polls. I do. I like the polls. I'm, I'm a big poll fan. I mean, I, as many polls as I can get in me, I will take them. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Optimism, the doctrine or belief that everything is beautiful, including what is ugly. Ambrose Pierce. In my review for Voices of Wrestling, I called the first 90 minutes of Raw this week one of the worst in the past few years. Save for a possible late save by the main event and Cena segments, I stand by my statement. We'll see what Rob thinks. For all the bad that Raw was, the Seth Rollins documentary is absolutely fantastic. Also fantastic, our top 100 matches to see before you die... War Games, Sting's Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance from Wrestle War, May 1992. Dare I say, perhaps, the greatest match under the actual WCW banner. Now, Rob, there's a well-known wrestling journalist whose name rhymes with Wade Keller that says pessimism and snark towards his brand extension is unfounded. Because times have changed and times have passed. Now, watching that show last night and even how they sold the brand extension makes me think otherwise. I yield the floor to you, since you are the good cop of this relationship, and as previously noted, we're both soulless shills for the WWE. Did you watch this and share any of the same thoughts or opinions that I had? Well, I don't I don't think the uh, idea that pessimism and cynicism towards WWE is unfounded, and especially if your reasoning is based on the past and change and times have changed. Times have changed, but the guy in charge is still Vince McMahon. Yes. And Stephanie McMahon is still there. Do I yes. do I think you have to be cynical? No. But to tell people they can't be cynical because things are different, there's more that's the same than what's different. Even insofar as the presentation in that opening segment of the brand extension, and then saying there's no real plan, we don't really know what we're going to do, but trust me, we have plans. Just... And then to make it, you know, as I wrote my review, I don't put it past the WWE to leave, to 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 not decide how SmackDown is run with a dance contest. I could totally see that. And I just fed into my just going, great, you showed your mainstream press and your photos. And you didn't really explain it to those not in the bubble. And I just kind of went, 
everything seemed to misfire on this show for oh, me. The brand including the brand even, extension even stuff. The age, yeah. The brand extension stuff. I mean, we're still two months out from it. We're we're a month and a half out from it. So is there a solid idea on what they're going to do as far as on screen on television? I don't believe there is. I believe there are plans and there are different ideas, but when it comes time to it, what's the show going to look like? I don't know if we know that yet, and I don't know if they know that yet. Obviously, we don't know it yet. Um, You can be cynical. You can be optimistic. I choose to be optimistic just because I think this means we're going to see a lot of cool faces on the different shows. Um, I'm not so optimistic towards Raw itself, but I am very hopeful for SmackDown. And it does... It does bring about a lot of questions because they are tiptoeing around this, uh, you know, we're doing the brand split, we're going live on SmackDown, but... We're not going to know what anything means. We don't know if there's going to be a WWE draft and if there is what it's going to look like. We don't know if NXT is going to be around in a similar fashion as to how it is now. We we just don't know anything. So part of me is I'll choose to be more optimistic than I will be cynical. And if it ends up being a disappointment, um, it'll be it'll be tougher for it to be a disappointment to me because I'm not going with a lot of lofty expectations. I think it'll actually be tough for you. To be disappointing to you, Jeff, because you are going in a little bit uh, less optimistic, a little bit more cynical. So to disappoint you would mean they would just have to totally fail out of the box. So I, I, I think going in with an open mind is the key way to go about this brand split. Yes, we've seen a lot of it before. Yes, the faces haven't changed. Uh, but there could be a different philosophy this time than what there was last time. I I just think if you're going to announce it to the general public in terms of hyping up the the press releases to go find them on the internet, which is basically what those pictures were meant to do have a plan. And I don't think they had one here. Well, and and again, this isn't all WWE too, because USA, USA chose to announce this as a strategic time. They announced it Mm. during a period where they are going out and trying to sell ads for the fall. This is, this is what may is. They are trying to, they're getting their ratings. They're trying to sell ads. Well, now if you're going out there and telling ad buyers, Hey, Come November, we're going to have two live shows instead of a taped SmackDown. Pay us more. You know, this, this is why USA chose to do it now. Was WWE, you know, did they have a full idea on what they were going to do with their show once USA announced this? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're going to go over the next two months, think about a ton of different ideas and figure it out. Uh, you actually ra- you raise a very valid point here. I forgot that this was actually the end of sweeps week or sweeps month this week rather than as opposed to the holiday weekend, so to speak. So no, yeah, it, it's it, for it, was, it was definitely uh, strategic on them announcing it right now. Cause otherwise you could have just said, Hey, next week, you know, SmackDown goes live. Yeah. I, I feel like it was a lot of strategery <laughs> to steal a fake word on USA's part, not so much WWE's. I mean, obviously WWE, you know, if you want to go live, they knew this was coming and they knew they have to do things differently, but do they have a, do they have a full idea on what they're going to do with Raw, SmackDown, TakeOver, NXT, the rosters? I just don't believe right now that they have a full, complete idea. You know, they may have, they may not even have ideas for matches on SummerSlam yet. And SummerSlam will be a month after this brand split. So you kind of got to know where people are going to go. Uh, and that'll come in the next month. And then we'll get more details. We might get a uh, WWE draft episode of Raw or even SmackDown. I mean, God, I could see the debut episode of SmackDown being the draft, try to get eyeballs on SmackDown. But we'll we'll see. We'll have to wait and see because judging right now, I, I've seen so many guesswork. And you've obviously seen, you know, rumors out there uh, mm-hmm. about a bunch of different stuff. And that's what they all are right now. They're rumors. There's no hard news. The only hard news right now. And we talked about a lot of this stuff on the uh, episode 151 of Shake Them Ropes. We did a whole show about the breaking news of SmackDown going live. Um 
Right now, there's no hard news other than SmackDown is going live and WWE is pushing a brand extension. That's it. Who's going to be on what show? Is NXT going to be over? Is NXT going to you know include stars on SmackDown or Raw? None of that is known. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's sports talk fodder, pretty much. It yeah, is. It's, it's like it's it's like it's like any pre-drafting. Oh, what could this team do here to improve themselves? You know, it's it's all fantasy booking right. and fantasy it, it, whatever. And, it, and it's fun. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm not saying don't you did do it. it. You did, it's yeah, fun. Yeah, no, like the, the draft episode you did with Sean was was a lot of fun. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, we did a I, uh, draft episode. We'll we'll have our mock draft later on in the show. So you and I will pick the <laughs> rosters for Ron SmackDown. We'll have that uh, later on. Uh, but, but first we have a lot of other stuff to get to, including, uh, at the risk of turning this into uh, shake them, Jeff Hawkins is, uh, we'll what? get your top three from raw this week. The top three, the top three hot topics that you want to get to, uh, from WWE raw. Uh, I put out a call for questions. We're going to have some question and answer from the listeners of shake them ropes via our Twitter feed at shake them ropes. We've got a, quite a few questions and comments that came in. So we'll get to that. Our top 100 match this week is sting squadron. Versus the Dangerous Alliance from Wrestle War, uh, Wrestle War, WCW 1992. And this is what I wanted to get to kind of right away, just because of your intro there. And I didn't know okay. you, I didn't know you felt this way. I didn't know if this was a common perception. I got to tell you, once I watched this match, like I was enthralled with it. Like mm-hmm. I could not look away. This was awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Wrestle War 1992's main event being the best match in WCW history. Possibly, yeah. In terms of WCW, not not including NWA stuff, just WCW as it was. Yes, possibly. Wow. You know, I, off the top of my head, I guess I can't really tell you a whole bunch of other contenders for it, but that kind of caught me off uh, guard a little bit. Uh, some will say maybe Bret Hart, Chris Benoit. That was a good one from uh, Thunder, right? Uh, was that on Thunder or was that on Nitro? No, that was, that was a Nitro. That was, was the tribute to, to Owen Hart. I, I could see that being it. You know, a lot of the cruiserweight matches we've watched, perhaps, you know, involving Ray or Ultimo Dragon or Dean Malenko or Chris Jericho. You know, Benoit has a bevy of matches in, in WCW that were quite, quite good. But overall, in terms of emotion and build, and perhaps it's a bit nostal- eyes of nostalgia on my part, under the actual WCW banner, 1990 to, you know, when it died in 2001, yes. Possibly the best match they that, and yeah, I, wanna, I, I it's in the discussion. Let's put okay. That. No, I I believe you because I mean I was watching this match and I didn't know the history behind it. You know, you're I figured you obviously knew a little bit more of the history behind this, so that was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, your kind of thing going in here. But I'm just watching it, and I mean I'm I'm watching the different stuff, and you know it's a war games match. So you know, two people started Barry Windham and Steve Austin started, and you just keep going in. But it was uh it was spectacular. I'm. Watching some of it, too, I had known that I had gone back and watched some of this show. Obviously, we had done a match earlier on our top 100 list that came from this show. And uh, I remember watching a little bit of this main event, so it was coming back to me there. But this is the first time where I really just sat down. I focused 100% on this main event. First time I'd ever seen it from start to finish, focusing solely on it. Um, I want to do something a little bit different, Jeff. And maybe this is throwing you for a loop because I didn't intend on this. But I kind of I'm heated up about it now. I'm fired up about this one. We should start this episode by talking about our top 100 match. Okay, uh, I will. Um, look, 1992, no one's going to call it a high watermark for WCW or professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> in fact, my fandom had, had lapsed slightly, but I was getting involved in the internet community because this this came at the end of my first year of college. 
for the most part. But the build of this match lasted about a year, even though the Dangerous Alliance really didn't. Everybody in this feud was pretty much feuding with everybody. You had, you know, Larry and Arn were a tag team that had feuded with Barry and Dustin, and, and Larry had broken Barry's hand at one point, slamming it into a car door. Uh, Barry Windham had won the ti TV title off of Steve Austin. Ricky Steamboat wanted to be U.S. champion, which was Rick Rude. Now, Anderson and Eaton had taken the tag belts from Rhodes and Windham previously. And then you had the kind of the, the ongoing story of Nikita Koloff's return to WCW and whose side is he on because he wanted a title. And they were teasing that he may not be friends with Sting necessarily, which is why that pop was so huge during the match. But everybody in this match kind of feuding with one another. You know, Rick Rude had been brought back at Halloween Havoc um, as the phantom of of it by Lex Luger, I believe, had brought him back originally, and Medusa had been brought back. So, so you had all these natural feuds with everybody hating each other. And really, it's one of the best builds other than horsemen-involved war games to, to any match. And this match, <laughs> violence, intrigue, everything I want in a war games match including even the small details to Paul Heyman having a game plan. This may have been the first war games with an actual game plan by the heels who are going to do something. Now, did it work in the end? No, of course not. You know, bad guys can't win in the end, save for 1991, I believe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you want to know how cold wrestling is at this point, look at how deep this roster is in terms of all these guys. you rude, Austin, Sting, Nikita, Hillman, Zink, Muda, Vader, Cactus Jack, Abdullah. Per the Wrestling Observer, primary estimates indicate WrestleWar did approximately a 0.6 national buy rate, although some sources have estimated as low as 0.3, which would be the lowest of all time from any major pay-per-view show from either of the two major groups. That goodwill that the NWA had built as a wrestling promotion, fighting promotion, died in the turnover to WCW trying to be more like the WWF at the time. And you see now the match mm -hmm. Well, you see some of that talent. I mean, you talk about the main event, your, your talent, Ricky Steamboat in there, Rick Rude in there. Uh, so you had a little bit of a, uh, WWF flyover, but you're right. I mean, talent wise, the show is pretty loaded. Uh, I just want to quickly for those who, uh, obviously we're doing this in the start of the show which is a little bit different. If anyone out there is for some reason somehow catching this as your first episode of Shake Them Ropes, what Jeff and I do every week is a we, we follow along WWE.com's list of the top 100 matches available on WWE Network to see before you die. We go Basically, it's a best of the best of pro wrestling that's available on the network. We're going down it. Uh, this week's match is number 32 in our top 100 countdown. Sting Squadron, Dangerous Alliance, Wrestle War 1992. The top 32 uh, we are so far at here. But... I want to, uh, you're right. Wrestling, wrestling around this time is cold. I had not gotten into pro wrestling yet. You know, I was seven years old when this match took place. Uh, but looking at some of the names in there, it's amazing, first of all, that Dustin Rhodes is still going. I mean, Dustin Rhodes is on Sting Squadron on this match, and he is still a full-time wrestler uh, for WWE. So that is amazing in itself. Uh, he may not even be 23 at this point. The, the natural <laughs> Dustin Rhodes, the natural I, I like it, but I what I wanted to talk to you about right off the bat is 
the first five minutes of this match were handled by Steve Austin and Barry Windham. Steve Austin, mm-hmm. Barry Windham going for five minutes. What I always like is the hardest part, I think, of one of these types of matches, and you see it with the Elimination Chamber, everyone is waiting for everyone else to get in. Everyone is waiting for all the chaos to happen. That the first five minutes sometimes are a little tough. But Steve Austin and Barry Windham went out there, and they had a fight. I mean, from the moment the bell rang, from the moment those two guys got in the ring, they were slugging it out. It wasn't a lot of, you know, grappling. It wasn't, you know, headlocks and takeovers. They were slugging it out right off the bat. They managed to keep everyone's attention really well for the first five minutes while everyone else was waiting for guys like Sting to get in there and Arn Anderson and so forth. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the hardest job to do in this type of match is those first five minutes. Yes, and it's been admitted in, in multiple documentaries by different participants, especially the Horsemen. This is why Arn Anderson usually started. It was usually Arn and Dusty, if Dusty was involved in the war games. Getting started because you had that animosity, you had that natural fight feeling, and you had that natural pull to get into this. Now, this is this might be peak Barry. I mean, a couple years earlier, he was still very, very good, and he was a in '92. He was about to turn heel and go on a really, really great run before he returned back to the WWF, as I think that was the Widowmaker at the time. Uh, but, but this, yeah, this, uh, and Steve Austin. You got to remember, he was at this point, the, for lack of a better term, a young lion in the WCW system. He had done a couple years in world class and he had a great body and great potential. And he was a bit of an internet darling in terms of his potential, but he wasn't really, I mean, he's not anywhere close to the Steve Austin we knew in terms of a proven commodity. And you know, we'd see even in later years that WCW lost faith in Steve Austin, and that's why they let him go. But th- these two together, fantastic stuff. Just throwing each other over over the ropes into the other ring and, and whatnot. I mean, they were, were trusting each other and taking liberties with one another that you would see amongst t- veterans who had worked with each other for 10 years. I, when the crowd lost their crap, when Sting got to the roof and Medusa was up there, mm-hmm. that was a moment where I'm like, oh my God, these people so wanted, so enjoyed Sting, first of all, but just the mere fact that they went up to the top of the cage. And of course we haven't had like the WWE hell in a cell matches and all the crazy right. stuff. This was still relatively new, but that crowd went crazy just for seeing Sting on the top of a cage, not doing anything, just seeing him on the top of the cage going nuts. Well, and, that, that, well, that, let me, let me just, uh, chime ahead, in here. Go ahead. That, that combined with the fact that Paulie's phone was one of the most over international objects for the past few years that had been used. And Medusa, you know, was kind of at the time, the, 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 she, she wasn't treated like a, a female professional, uh, valet. She was treated like a, a woman who knew how to get in the ring and knew how to, to handle herself. So all those combined, especially with the sting love. And when people say sting didn't draw, that doesn't mean he wasn't well loved. Uh, yeah. Th- th- this pop, especially you got to stop that phone from getting in there, which is also a new twist. Um, uh, for the most part, I believe, I don't think 91 had that, but, um, yeah, an object, I mean, in terms of an object being put into the in the ring, it may have been one in 91, but don't quote me on that. But you are right. I mean, Paul Heyman getting out blueprints for the ring, oh, a, a diagram of the ring explaining, OK, if we don't win the coin toss, because at this point, 
you know, once Steve Austin and Barry Windham were in there, after their first five-minute period, it was going to be a coin toss to decide who was next, whether it was a member uh-huh. of Sting's team or a member of the Dangerous Alliance. And the Dangerous Alliance ended up winning, but Paul Heyman was going through strategy. If we win the coin toss, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I want you to do. If we lose the coin toss, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, there was a lot of uh, that kind of stuff going on, and the camera made sure to find a lot of the Dangerous Alliance talking together. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, just from the presentation standpoint, you know, we had what Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura doing comedy on this one and, or not, co- but commentary and commentary. They, they played it straight. They did. They really <laughs> did. And, and it was just overall presentation. It was, I thought a really fantastic match and I wouldn't be uh, shocked if other people kind of have it as the top, one of the top WCW matches under the WCW banner. The match went about 24 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this one was fantastic and I would put it uh, as a must watch. If you're going to watch any of the matches on the top 100, this one right there is on the uh, top tier. This is a must watch to kind of go back. You're going to see a ton of names. You're going to see early Steve Austin. You're going to see early Dustin Rhodes. You're going to see Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, uh, a lot of the, uh, led, even the living legends at the time. No, no pun intended with Larry Zabisco being in the match. Mm. Um, but you got a lot of talent in there to watch. Uh, and I think watching with modern day eyes, because that, that's what I am, right, Jeff? I mean, you know that I I watch things with modern eyes and I love this match. Good. I, I, you know what? I am of the opinion and and here's a quote unquote hot take. The dangerous Alliance were really the last great overall stable, um, for me in professional wrestling. I view the NWO as more of a sports entertainment type of franchise in terms of there weren't any geeks you know there wasn't real cannon fodder yeah the story was you know in the build-up in the last couple weeks that larry zabisco had been making mental errors in the match but all five of these guys were always present as vicious ass-kicking guys it wasn't like the wwe way that they do factions where it's a bunch of cannon fodder meant to build up one star even though they were all there pretty much to help build up rick rude in many ways there wasn't really a quote-unquote weak link, so to speak, because Larry Zabisco would go out there and break someone's hand or get, and, and could handle himself. He wasn't always just getting his butt kicked. The sad thing about this is this is also the beginning of the end of WCW because I, I believe Watts is now in there. And while you're bringing in great talent like the Miracle Violence Connection, the, the Dangerous Alliance soon breaks up. Larry Zabisco, of course, turns face in a rather... Interesting yet ill ill fated turn. He teams, I think, with Tim Horner for a while and doesn't do much. Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton are kind of outsourced once Bischoff comes in to Smoky Mountain, um, also by by Bill Watts a bit to, to do that. And they come in and out. And they are also outsourced a couple years later to ECW. And that's really the good thing is that Heyman stayed loyal to all these guys. Like he hired or he ended up using four of the five members of the Dangerous Alliance in ECW at one point. So he was always very loyal to the, to the guys in there, but you know, you, you'd get, you'd get your hardcore wrestling to a point where Watts almost ruined it by doing the top rope rules and, and, and just being too old school for his own good and not liking Heyman. And then you'd get, you know, the, the sports entertainment malaise that would eventually turn to them, turning to Hogan and Bischoff or to be saviors. But, for me, you know, this match on its own and as a pinnacle of a building feud amongst other guys, I wish you could get a video package of some kind, you know, 
chronicling the different combinations of feuds that had gone into this build um, on the network before watching this match because all of that is really, really great stuff. And and this match, um, you know, it's it, but it stands on its own merits. The main event of Wrestle War 1992, Sting Squadron, the Dangerous Alliance, match number 32 on our top 100 countdown next week. Jeff, it is Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn, match number 31 on our top 100 matches to see before you die on WWE Network. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged, 1999, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. Are you excited? Yes, and then the next week I'm very, very excited. Yeah, next week because it's a it's a Jeff Hawkins special uh, from my birth month in 1995. It is uh, Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA. But that's 19, 19, 1985. What did I say? 1995. God, I would be even yes. younger, wouldn't I? <laughs> You're Woo. a baby. Come here, no, come just... here, Rob. Little baby Rob McCarran. I like wrestling. God, I sound a lot like Alexa Bliss when I was seven years old. All all babies and Alexa Bliss sound the same. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn from Guilty as Charged, 1999. Reminder, you can follow Jeff on Twitter at CrapGame13. Follow the show and myself at ShakeThemRopes. Uh, one quick mention I want to let you know if you haven't done it already. Whether you subscribe to us via iTunes or not, Go leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It would be very, uh, very appreciated. It would help us uh, out quite a bit. It would also allow those who might be interested in finding Shake Them Ropes but don't know, uh, don't know about us at all, might be uh, thrown in their face. If you go rate and review our show, do so by going to the uh, web address bit.ly slash itunes or just search Shake Them Ropes on iTunes. Thank you very much if you leave us a rating and review. Greatly mm-hmm. appreciate. We got a few uh, reviews in, and I posted some of them on the Twitter feed <laughs> at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, you know, all good ones, I'm sure. Um, but we got some of those in. A reminder: our WWE mock draft is coming up later. But first, Jeff. Yes. You watched all of Monday Night Raw from Monday night. I did over two, two, well, over twelve hours. <laughs> you uh, you wrote some words about it over at VoicesOfWrestling.com. I did. The top three things on your mind coming out of WWE Raw would be what? Well, the first has to be the AJ Styles turn. And while I think it was very, very well done, as I write in the piece, over the in terms of the macro storyline, it, it lacks a little bit of logic. And they can fix this next week with a really, really well done promo. But the first two programs AJ Styles really had after coming into the WWE all centered around whether or not he could be trusted and whether or not he was genuine in being a stand-up guy, both against Jericho and against uh, Roman Reigns. And now they kind of just turn him out of the blue. And and while I thought the actual segment was really, really well done, it kind of left me going, well, that was a little bit, that seems like it wasn't well thought out. But it might have been. It might have been because, you know, it yeah, might be just, he, he, I, uh... it, it might it might be he takes takes that loss to Kevin Owens to heart and says, maybe I do need your help, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I we can talked see... about that last week, didn't we? Yeah, I, yeah, I actually put that out there. <laughs> we talked last week, like, if he would realize that, hey, he needs the club. But I'm going one step further with this. Yeah, AJ Styles and the club joined back together. Uh, you could say, I argue that they were never separated, that they did this all so that the uh, ambush mm. of John Cena would be a surprise. Ooh, I like that. I yeah. like that theory. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any way you could read this and say they were actually split up and then just rebranded. They did this thing last okay. week. Everyone knew John Cena was coming back this week on Raw. So AJ Styles and the club 
do their little uh, fake, you know, breakup because obviously you never had a breakup where anyone was uh, beaten up on Beat the up. other, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's what I was gonna bring up. You're exactly right. Now thinking about it, nobody, they never actually threw a punch at AJ Styles. They style, amicably so. uh, parted ways. So uh, you you have this where okay, everyone knows John Cena's coming back. So let's do this little thing. And the the club. You could also take this back all the way to the Roman Reigns preview. I, I do want to ask you. Uh, okay. I want to ask you about this Chris Jericho. How exactly did AJ Styles being a stand-up guy play in the Chris Jericho feud? No, they they were saying that that uh, that he was a fraud and that the people loved him because even though he was really just playing up all his good guy tendencies to the crowd, and that 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 it was it was it was kind of the it was in the first build, not when they actually started a team, you know, kind of when they were kind of one upping each other and and when Jericho thought he was a phony. To, to, to me, if, if I'm recalling that correctly. Yeah, if, I, I, maybe, don't, I don't think it was so much a phony outside of the fact that it was Chris Jericho saying, I'm the vet here, you're the rookie, I'm going to teach you why you're a rookie in WWE. Yeah. Mostly mostly about that. There were some subtle undertones, I suppose, that you're kind of picking up on that, that mm -hmm. are truthful, but probably weren't the basis for that program. Right. Now, you're it's, right a, it's, it's not the, it's not, it's not the A story. Right, of the right, right, right. You, don't get me wrong on that. Yeah. And yeah. you're right with Roman Reigns. I mean, obviously the idea is could AJ Styles be trusted? You know, he had the club, but if you were new to WWE and you wanted to play a political game, wouldn't you kind of hide the fact that the club was on your side? Like AJ Styles was given benefits based on his relationship to the club. The club helped him win stuff. The club almost helped him win the world title. Now it didn't work. But it's never as if AJ Styles was explicitly, you know, he kind of did the thing, don't help me out, don't help me out, but they always did. So if you want to go even back further, I think the turn, quote unquote, on Monday makes perfect sense. And oh, this is okay. this is, you know, me being WWE apologist guy. And maybe they no. won't explain it like all this, but I, I I feel if you're actually watching the whole program, Roman Reigns was obviously a a tweener in in my view. I think you would agree, right? He was playing uh, some, he was being, you know, uh, anti, uh, anti-hero. I think he was more yeah. of an anti-hero than, than a tweener, but that's okay. But, okay. But well, that's, we, 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 we can, we can battle over the semantics of it forever and we're not going I, to I take here. that. I take that. But AJ Styles was, uh, doing his thing while also getting help from the club. It just happened to not work out. And now after it not working out, after losing to, uh, after losing to Kevin Owens, he could be just like, screw it. Let's stop playing this game where we pretend not to be on the same side and you help me. Let's just go for it because I'm tired of this losing stuff. I want to win. Okay. And this is a, and AJ Styles talked about this in his promo. Like he was always in a different world than John Cena, but he was TNA's John Cena. As close to yeah. uh, TNA was going to have to a John Cena, he was kind of it. Um, maybe not the biggest star power, but he was their brand's guy. And now he's coming into WWE after being compared to John Cena all this time, after being a hero to his own brand, and he's going to come take out John Cena, come take out WWE's hero. This guy who was talking negatively towards the new era, and I'm AJ Styles, I'm almost the babyface of the new era. I'm, I'm the guy who represents the new era, so I'm not going to let this guy talk about me coming into WWE this way. Uh, was it a turn? Let me, yeah, let me stop you out. there. Oh, me, okay, go let, ahead. Let me go stop ahead. you there on, on, on the Cena point because that's actually a one B I wanted to ask you about. What did you think of that promo where company company is pushing new era? John Cena, ultimate company guy, and he basically kind of says, "I don't care about your new era. I'm going against it." That seemed well, very. It seemed like the almost the same exact side of the coin as Sheamus, which who's a heel. So it's kind of it, it, you know what I. I would have loved Cena to embrace the new era, to be honest with you, but I understand the point a of it all. Difference. 
He, he's the face to, yeah. that runs this. Yeah. A, a subtle difference is Seamus was, you know, beating up Apollo Crews strictly because he was New Era. And right. it's like the new era doesn't mean anything. Whereas John Cena was like, okay, the new era is here. The new names are here. They mean something, but I'm not going to go away just because of that. So it was a subtle difference where Seamus was a- actively attacking the new era where John Cena wasn't. I mean, John Cena was standing side by side with AJ Styles ready to fight with him until AJ Styles turned. So it was just a challenge. Like, hey, the new era is here, but I'm not going anywhere. The new era will will be around, but I'm John Cena. I'm not going to bow down to the new era without a fight. So okay. I can see the similarities Fair. to Sheamus, but I think there's also some differences there. But the top key is it was just a way to start the AJ Styles program. And, and I, I don't necessarily think that you can take anything from what John Cena said as going against company line as being the company guy. It was just their way of starting this program and making and trying to make it make sense. Okay. No, I, I like your explanation. I hope, I hope they take that to heart when they're coming up with an explanation and, and for I, it during the week. Oh, and I definitely, cause everything we just talked about that could possibly make an AJ Styles turn make sense. None of that has actually been said on WWE <laughs> TV. So they need to do it. They need to make sense. And maybe there's a different explanation they have. I don't know, but you have to have some type of explanation. You can't just have, Oh, AJ Styles wants to be a bad guy now. And for no reason, he's not going after a championship anymore. He just wants to beat up John Cena. Yeah. I hope right. they explain something. And uh, I bet we get a trios promo on SmackDown because John Cena won't be there right on this week's SmackDown. So you have to you, you give AJ Styles time. You give the club time to explain why they did what they did. Key number two from Monday's Raw for Jeff Hawkins would be what? The poor performance of Stephanie McMahon, especially in regards to the Charlotte. That segment made no sense and did Charlotte a disservice in the end, let alone the opening segment where she's stepping on Shane's lines, which is both unprofessional and, you know, a way to get, you know, the heat on her. But but it's still, you know, you can do it well, but just looks like poor professionalism and acting and performing. But the Charlotte segment is the one that I came away going, what was that? Charlotte is your alpha female of this newly rechristened division. I get that they want her to be so bad that even heels are upset with her for what she did. And that seemed to be the play here, but it was so poorly done. It cut off Charlotte at the knees. And if Charlotte is truly this kind of character, she would not retort, look at you being a hypocrite. She'd punch Stephanie in the throat. Right. Well, the only person who's gotten over because of Stephanie McMahon in the last two years was Ronda Rousey, right? So uh, Stephanie McMahon is, is key in undercutting people. She's great on the microphone. Maybe the content's not very good, but she delivers it super well. Uh, but no one's getting over on her. No one's getting yeah, over the, on her, Yeah, well, period. that's an issue. That's an issue. Yeah, I, would, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, so I just, uh, for that, and I'm just watching going, man, you guys just did her. Charlotte now needs a few weeks to rebuild any kind of heel credibility she has in some ways. I mean, we're going to be in this Becky Lynch natty feud tag feud i think for a few weeks trading wins of various kinds what do you think the end game is for this is it to build dana brooke i think part of it is to build dana brooke even though that would be a new idea because dana brooke wasn't going to be aligned with charlotte in the first place it was going to be emma so something is something is different there just out of necessity uh could it be building up dana brooke to eventually go against charlotte maybe but you also got sasha banks who uh who could be coming back soon and where is she going to play into any of this 
I, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Becky Lynch has kind of been involved in this program for a while while also being not involved in this program. She's just there be- every be- once in a while. Be- yeah. Becky and Nanny are the two worst booked baby faces on the entire roster. Period. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see what they do with Dana Brooke because I for the last couple of weeks, it certainly has looked as if she's the most important woman superstar there. Mm-hmm. Winning matches, getting the time. She's the reason why Charlotte's winning and all this stuff. So... I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if we get if we do get a brand extension and maybe they put in another uh, women's championship, maybe they put in a women's tag team championship with the amount of women superstars they have on the roster right now. Uh maybe that's something to keep your eye on whether they add another championship to the women's division with a brand split. Uh third and final key highlight from Monday Night Raw for Jeff Hawkins would be what? That this overall show was lazy. Wait a second. And and Wait cynical. A second. Wait a second. Other than the main event segment and the John Cena thing, it was lazy and cynical, especially for the first half of the show. We do. I asked Jeff Hawkins for a top three <laughs> highlights of Raw, and uh, this is like oh, someone no, giving said, you. No, this, no, you hold, said, on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. You said top three takeaways. Top three takeaways from Raw. Yeah, Not I, top three highlights. I, I believe, yeah, well, I think highlights was included in there. Anyway. I'll give, I'll give you a highlight. No, I'll no, give no, you no, a stop, highlight if you want. Stop for just a moment. I want to explain that to me, <laughs> this is like someone, if I was granted three wishes and I, I use my first two <laughs> wishes and my third wish is I want all more wishes. I, you're, I give you three highlights from Raw and your third highlight is let me talk about the entire show. It's just the overall arc okay. and how it was, how it was treated and was treated like a throwaway show when only your most loyal of loyals are going to be watching due to the basketball game more, more than likely. I hear there was hockey on last night too. And there was also hockey on, which, which is even less of a subset, but still at the same time, you know, you're telling me you're, you're carefully plotting these things supposedly because we won't bring anybody up unless there's a six month plan for that person. And you, you assume that means a week to week plan hopefully it just seems like it was booked on the fly booked lazily and booked with absolutely no forethought of interesting the viewer everything from that reigns rollins segment to the charlotte segment to the opening segment to the friggin' brizongo golden truth garbage zach Ryder coming out and just getting killed which i enjoyed but still it's like nobody believes zach Ryder's winning this thing titus o'neill being a friggin' savior come on it, it was just it, it meant nothing now if you want to highlight okay i'll counteract that man that owens jericho del rio segment that was the best comedy gold just absolute gold in terms of owens's ability to improvise and god bless jericho and jericho del rio did, jericho did pretty well too well no 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 i'm not i'm not gonna say that they didn't right. do well yeah but but for not corpsing because they came close because both of them you could see that that little backstage segment you had Jericho doing what all heels do is you know when they're forced to uh, team together like you don't like me I don't like you and Owens was like no I do I, I thought I we do were like friends you. yeah we were teaming oh, together and Jericho was like I never actually did I never actually you liked called you. me a you called me a donkey <laughs> well I called you a donkey it was just such you're a, a rear great because you're an ass imp- oh it was so good imp- improvised segment at Del Rio. Corpsed a bit, but but Jericho kind of took a moment, well, got back centered in, got back centered in his. You're right. an idiot. Well, Del idiot Rio didn't thing. want to do the comedy; he wanted to be yeah. you know, tough guy he leader of the super team. Super serious, and yeah. he couldn't help himself. It was so so great. No, I I love that too. Hopefully, those who only watch the Hulu version of Raw 
or the YouTube versions if they watch the highlights of what uh, happened in each segment. Hopefully they get a chance to see that somewhere down the line because that little 50 seconds of uh, interplay between Jericho Del Rio and Kevin Owens was absolutely great. Uh, I, I would say my one of my takeaways outside of what we've already talked about from Raw is how we're not getting any of the cliffhanger type endings to Raw lately. It's a match. Yeah. We have a winner and we go off air. It, it happened in the mm-hmm. AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, where I guess you could say a cliffhanger is what happens next with AJ, but really they didn't sell that until SmackDown the next night. You get a match, you get a winner and we're off the air. We're not getting, you're not getting returns. You're not getting a disputed finish. And, you're not and, getting a build. It's not a build. You're not going to build anything. We just had three guys in the Money in the Bank versus three guys in the Money in the Bank, which almost seemed like a go home. Like I was like, is, is Money in the Bank already this Sunday? Because it felt like a go home show, which I guess is an okay thing in, in that regard. But it's a nah, very, it's very you, weird that we're seeing these endings where you're just getting match, winner, and we go home. Yeah, no, in the pe- next couple of weeks, it's going to be these guys in singles or tag teams of some variety. We're going to get all the same stuff. I, 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 you know, I, I understand that. Did, did you get a chance to watch the Rollins documentary? I did not get a chance to ask the uh, watch the Rollins documentary yet. The WWE 24, the most recent WWE 24 documentary on the network is of Seth Rollins and his injury, his his reclamation project, his comeback and so forth. I know you wanted to mention a little bit about that. I, I will watch it at some point. I just haven't gotten oh, yeah. a chance to yet. No, um, no, it is. It is absolutely fantastic. It's possibly one of the best 24s they've done. And it it boggles the mind how they didn't think that this would be a great, great way to sell Seth Rollins as a baby face. And it's just, it's maddening how likable he is and how empathetic his struggle makes him. And it's just, it's, it's, it's so, cause I've been through, and part of this is also my struggles with rehabbing my knee and how frustrating it was, but it goes through his entire history and it doesn't pull any punches about his doubts about such things. And it's so, so good. And it's such a, such a lost opportunity to make this guy a money drawing baby face, not just a regular baby face, a top, top headlining baby face. But, it's, but for the documentary, it is fantastic. Go watch it. We got the WWE mock draft. We take your questions and answers and news on Cody Rhodes next. If you're a fan of Shake Them Ropes, you know we've been running down the top 100 matches on WWE Network to watch before you die. It's a list WWE.com put out about a year and a half ago. Well, now WWE Shop has in book form the greatest 100 matches ever. The 100 greatest matches in a hardcover book available at WWE Shop. You can get it right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. If you buy this, if you're buying a couple of shirts, or if you're making any purchase on WWE Shop, go through VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Any order over $50, you can save $5 by entering promo code WWEVOICES5. That's WWEVOICES and the number 5. Enter that code at checkout. You can save $5 off of any order over 50 whether you're getting the new Kevin Owens shirt, the new Shinsuke Nakamura shirts that are out, or anything at WWE Shop. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Promo code WWEVOICES5. Voices 5 
back on Shake Them Ropes. WWE mock draft to come. We got questions and answers on our Twitter feed at Shake Them Ropes. But first, Cody Rhodes news, Jeff. Did you see the big oh. Cody Rhodes news uh, that happened today? I, no, not today. I saw the list. Outside, yeah, outside of everyone uh, making parodies on Twitter of the Cody Rhodes list, you can go follow Cody. Uh, at Cody Rhodes is the wrestling Twitter. Uh, he also has still his private, uh, mostly non-wrestling Twitter account as well. But the Stardust Twitter has become the Cody Rhodes Twitter. He tweeted out a list of uh, basically things he wants to accomplish, things he wants to check off his wrestling bucket list. And one of them was Kurt Angle. And on August 27th, in the first post-WWE match announced for uh, Cody Rhodes so far, he will indeed check off the Kurt Angle list happening at Northeast Wrestling on one of their outdoor shows. Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle. It is a Saturday, Saturday, August 27th, uh, under the stars for new wrestling, Northeast Wrestling. Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle is a match that is going to happen on the same card as Jushin Liger versus Jeff Hardy. While while I'm very happy for him, looking at the calendar, that means if he wanted to accomplish another thing on his bucket list— or means he might not be able to do Bola unless or, he just does it for Friday and flies out. He could do what AJ Styles did last yeah. year or the year before, uh, work the Friday, fly somewhere else for Saturday, and come back on Sunday. It's true. He does. Uh, he is kind of located in Los Angeles, I believe, or he has a uh, has some he, sort of home. He, yeah. he lives in Texas. Yeah, he lives in. But Texas. he has. Well, they were just out here for some reason. I think it was probably for meetings or. Something like that. I mean, he does yeah, have, I think he does have a place here. Yeah. So. He, and he very well may, but yeah, they're, they're in Texas and uh, this is interesting. Yeah. Because it is the first match announced and he's checking off things quickly on his bucket list. I wouldn't be shocked. One of the, the things on his bucket list was wrestling Pat Buck, who was the promoter for an independent <laughs> in New Jersey wrestle pro former pro wrestling syndicate promoter. Uh, I'm sure that one's going to happen too. And I look, they have a show in September that I wouldn't be surprised if Cody Rhodes is announced for. So he's getting out there. He is getting his dates ready. He's not going to be able to work anywhere until August 16th is, I believe, the date uh, that'll be his three months from his release. So he's not taking any bookings right now until August 16th. So this very well may be his uh, first or second match, depending on whether or not you think he might work BOLA, the Battle of Los Angeles for PWG, which I, I almost think is a given. Even if he only wrestles one date, I think he's going to be on that pro wrestling gorilla show. But uh, yeah, Cody, Cody Rose wrestling Kurt Angle. If you're in the New York area, it's coming your way. Cody Rhodes versus Kurt Angle and Jushin Liger versus uh, Jeff Hardy, which is a a match mm. that is happening in 2016. Um, That's tasty. Yeah, mm. is it? Are you are you, uh, mm. are you ready for that one, Jeff? You're, uh, you're I saying? I am. I like I like I like all the I like both those matches. To be honest with you, I really do. No, I, I think the Jushin Liger Jeff Hardy one could be really interesting, especially in a ballpark atmosphere. Uh, that that one uh, should be cool. I, I think those Northeast that, wrestling that, shows end up looking pretty good because they are outside they tend they draw a really good crowd and oh, do uh, they? oh usually i hate yeah. i hate ballpark i don't like i don't like the aesthetics myself setups. yeah because i aside, you got the fans on the chairs next to the ring but everyone else is just sitting in a ballpark you know 50 mm-hmm. feet away it's sound sound goes up yeah. as opposed to is trapped so it always makes it seem like it's more underwhelming than it actually is yeah we have uh we have a lot of questions uh a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners sending questions via the Twitter feed at Shake Them Ropes. I want to thank everyone who uh, who sent out questions today and our our last minute call for questions. Really, I think I put them out there about two hours before we started recording the show. So thanks everyone for uh, sending in your questions. We start with Lucas on Twitter who asks: 
Do you think John Cena, do you think John Cena will finish the year without another injury? So basically, do you think John Cena will will last the entire year, even if he gets hurt, maybe he misses one week or two, but do you see any long absence for John Cena the rest of this year, Jeff? No, because even if he's if he's injured, he'll just act hurt. I think I think he's a guy that unless unless it's going to actually cripple him, he's going to work through it. Yeah, and you can't predict injuries, so I, you, no one's going to obviously be able to answer that for sure. I hope I will answer it this way. I hope he doesn't because he's missed plenty yeah. of time already. The guy missed seven months or six or seven months. I hope he's here for the rest of the year because I would like John Cena. You know, we're getting the AJ Styles match right off the bat. But there are other matches I would like John Cena to have, too. Like, I would love a raw singles match between John Cena and Carl Anderson. Who would have thought that, uh, you know, five months ago, that that would be something that I'm looking forward to seeing? But I would. Do, yeah. Do I think he probably pushed himself or maybe overestimating the rehab time? Yes. But so there's a chance, but you never want to speculate on such things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just almost impossible when you're talking about injuries uh, to do any predictions in that regard. But yes, I hope John Cena does stay. Uh, we got a question. Do you think that WWE should replace the Survivor Series with Starcade as Survivor Series has kind of fallen in name value over the last uh, several years? We got this question from Rick on Twitter. He asked, should WWE replace Survivor Series with Starcade? Wouldn't be a bad idea, but of course Vince would want to put his spin on it since it's not his invention. I, you know what I'd put there? I'd probably get rid of that and put the elimination chamber there. Yeah, you could do something. I, what, is it likely that it'll be replaced with Starcade? No, I don't think Vince is going to no. bring back Starcade again because it's not a name from WWE. It's a name from it, elsewhere. It's it's also the main competitor in terms of what you consider great, great events to WrestleMania. And he would never want to put that as an equal to WrestleMania in terms of looking forward to it. Now, right. the, the one way I could see them actually doing that possibly is if they choose not to do the build for both brands to WrestleMania, but rather to Starcade. But I don't see that. I see them. I, you know, I, for me, there should be one super card a year. That should be WrestleMania. You should keep both brands separate and build to that. No, I agree. I, I think, is it worth considering rebranding the show, uh, going away from Survivor Series? Maybe. But even when they had that year of no Survivor Series matches, they still called it Survivor Series. So I, I don't think that one's going anywhere yeah. anytime soon, but we I, shall I would, see. You know what? You want to you replace Survivor Series with a quote-unquote Tiffany type of event and to me, that screams, get rid of TLC, because that's just a nothing event that, in the middle of December, that people will get hurt on too often. And you put, like, a money in the bank or an elimination chamber. I wouldn't necessarily put elimination chamber here, because they're also doing Hell in the Cell. Hopefully, they they take that away from not being a special event. You, you basically build for this fall-slash-winter pay-per-view into something special, much like you do the Rumble and WrestleMania. Trent on Twitter asks, if WWE doesn't want to bring up Corey Graves from NXT to join a main roster announced team, what about a team of JBL and Mara Ranallo on SmackDown? Do you, do you think Corey Graves might come up in all this hullabaloo over a draft? And if not, do you see any change to the announced teams, Jeff? I could see it possibly if they rebrand SmackDown as kind of a hybrid with NXT and as a kind of a, as a lead into NXT on the network. You could do that. JBL to me is a terrible idea uh, for this because JBL's job on Raw 
is to be the voice of Vince. And to me, he's to me, he's best left in short snippets. To be honest with you, yeah. At I, times, I don't, I don't think we would see JBL moved away from Raw because I think uh, you know no. he did the two shows for a while. Uh, but I think right. uh, being on Raw, the main show, that's where Vince likes him. That's where we'll keep him. The team of JBL and Mauro Ronaldo, I think, would be really good though. If you would let JBL play it in some other way, yes. But in, in his current form, he might do that. I more. think he, I think he'd throw off more Mauro more than anything. And I, I, I in terms of being, uh, yeah. But he's with Jerry he, Lawler right now. You think Jerry Lawler doesn't throw him off? Well, no, Lawler's terrible, but Lawler at least will try and be complimentary in terms of the style. He will he will say things, but they they aren't to the point of he doesn't interrupt Morrow's points like JBL would. And I think JBL's uh, you know philanthropy basically fits into Monday night schedules more than Tuesday. So I, I wouldn't hold out hope for that, but you know what? It could work. Yeah, possibly. I, I'd, I could see Corey Graves coming up too. I mean, probably not on Raw, but maybe on SmackDown. I could see Corey yes. Graves going up there, but uh, I don't. I don't know if that's something we should really one look forward to and to uh, believe that will happen. So it we'll d- see. Yeah. What if they may not change the announced teams at all. I mean, I I think you would have to change Byron Saxton, either take him off or replace him. So that's why I say Corey Graves might be the guy who replaces him because uh, you know we talked about on episode one fifty one it would not make any sense to have Byron on both shows after a brand split. Correct. And I think there are some aesthetic concerns around Corey Graves and a mainstream product that may not fit into the WWE's vision. I think he'd be great on there. Don't get me wrong, but, and we also need to see what Tom Phillips would say. Yeah, we have to, we have to see if Tom Phillips would agree. Tom Tom may have him whacked. You never know. (laughs) You never know the curse of Tom Phillips. Goldberg was announced as being the special downloadable carrier or character for those pre-ordering the next WWE video game, WWE 2K17. Ryan on Twitter asks, do you think Goldberg will get another run after the cover announcement? Could we see a Goldberg WrestleMania match next year? We could, but Vince would have to overrule Triple H, I believe. I think we're going to see Goldberg wrestle at least once. I really do. I thought it might have been this year, but I, I think we're going to see Goldberg wrestle one more time at WrestleMania, and we're, we're going to Orlando it, again. So I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you think he wins his WrestleMania match? Eh, I, I guess it would depend on who it's against, but uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Triple H! <laughs> if it's against Triple H, I think that's a waste of Triple H. I mean, put Goldberg against yeah. someone he can win in five minutes. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't I, even I know agree. who that he would. Put him up against Alberto Del Rio for all I care. That is how I would do it. I would, of course, put him in there with a guy you could squash and, you know, kids and the fans are all happy for the nostalgia pop. But at the same time, you just know that there's something underlying there that may go, you know what? He is a WCW guy. We can't put over a WCW guy. But he was their guy, too. I, I actually watched. You know what I watched yeah. earlier today on the network before I was watching the, the our match for the top 100? I watched Goldberg and The Rock from Backlash 2003. I, I don't know why I did it. I just had, well, it was probably because I, you know, the Goldberg announcement was made yesterday. So Goldberg was fresh in my mind and I wanted to go see Goldberg's debut. And I ended up watching the entire main event of Backlash 2003. Mm. So I guess WWE got me there. Uh, We have Tranquilo, uh, Tranquilo, uh, no, what is it? Tranquilo, right? Tranquilo? Yeah. Yes. Tranquilo Dragon on Twitter asks, how far do you think indie guys will go in the cruiserweight classic? A WWE guy is probably going to win it. Right. And he asks if La Sombra might be the favorite. La Sombra is my favorite. Andrade Cien is my favorite to win the cruiserweight classic. I think an indie guy, uh, may win a match here and there. 
uh, guys who are probably not signed, but I think you're going to see the guys who are signed to WWE end up in the final four, most likely, uh, most definitely. But I think Andrade Cien is my favorite right now to win it. And if it comes out before the Cruiserweight Classic starts that Zack Sabre Jr. is signed, then maybe Zack Sabre becomes a favorite to win. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is in that final four because he has just signed. Yeah, but and I think that's the and I think that's the indie guy that, that goes. Yeah, goes you're, to that you're not going to see Lindsay Dorado make the finals is what I'm trying to say. Drew Gulak is not making the finals no, of this tournament. He's not making the finals of this tournament, everybody. So, uh, yeah, we we might see indie guys win a match or two. Uh, kind of like what we saw with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, you know, them winning before they really became enthralled and ingrained in NXT. Uh, we have uh, kind of on the same vein, Dan asks, who do we uh, think is going to win the Cruiserweight Classic from the names announced? And I don't know if Andrade, uh, Andrade Cien is actually announced for the Cruiserweight no. Classic. I know they made no. they played the vignette last Wednesday on NXT that he's coming in. He's coming soon. Uh, but... I would have him as a favorite. I think Zack Sabre of the guys announced is probably the favorite, but I don't see Tommaso Ciampa winning. I don't see Johnny Gargano winning. I don't see Gnome Dwar winning. I don't, I don't think anyone else on the list is a credible threat to win the entire tournament. Really, it does, in my mind, come down to two, and maybe I'm being foolish, but the two guys who are going to win this, in my view, are either Andrade Cien or Zack Sabre. I think that's a smart bet. Preston on Twitter asks, do you think there's any truth to the rumors? And this is a this has been a fun like silly debate over Twitter over the last couple of days. <laughs> Are we um, going to do? No, okay, it's not that ahead. one. It's a different one. Oh, it's a different one. Okay. one. And I haven't <laughs> seen, I haven't pre-screened all these questions. So maybe someone will ask about the, the big will versus Rick new Japan match. But uh, Preston asked, Good. do you think there's any truth to the rumors that NXT, the end means that NXT is going to end after the June 8th takeover. Mm. <laughs> let me let me start with this. I believe that at the at the tapings, at the tapings, the name Takeover Revenge was first basically referred to uh as the June 8th Takeover name, NXT Takeover Revenge. Then we saw on on uh Wednesday on NXT TV that they called it The End. And The End refers to the Samoa Joe Finn Balor program. This program that's been going on at the time it will have been going on for 7 plus months. NXT TakeOver The End is a name referencing the final match between Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. I don't believe it's a double entendre that also means that NXT TakeOver is going to end. It just comes at a very coincidental time with this brand split. Because my view, while I don't believe The End means the end of TakeOvers by any means, I do believe it means uh, that we're going to see the end of the awesome TakeOver era where every show was so much looked forward to because of the indie names, because of the Japanese names, because of all the debuts, because of all the crazy talent that was on these shows. Um, I believe we might get an end to that if we see a lot of these NXT stars go to the main roster. But will NXT itself end? I don't believe so. Will they stop doing takeovers? I don't believe so. They can get talent from the indies to fill out the card. You're just going to see a different level of main players on NXT. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see the Shinsuke Nakamura's, the Samoa Joe's, the Finn Balor's. You're going to see No Way Jose build up his profile. You might see a larger presence for a guy like Elias Sampson. Uh, you might you might see the Rich Swans of the world, the Biff Busicks take over, Roderick Strong, that type. But will you see the big main event level names that you see now on NXT? I think that era eventually was going to come to an end anyway. But now with the brand split, I think it's going to be pushed forward a little bit. 
So will TakeOver's end? No. NXT TakeOver is still going to have a show on SummerSlam weekend. I know that was a big... <laughs> did you see that news topic of the, uh, the Ticketmaster no longer having tickets available for some, for NXT TakeOver on SummerSlam weekend? You saw that, right, Jeff? Yes. Yeah. That show's still happening. That show is still happening. We all we got another que- question later. Um, I will I will get give, to that I'll question. Give, but go give, go, give, go give, ahead. Give, give your thoughts on this. I I agree. The 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 era of NXT being Ring of Honor, so to speak, is over. Because I think a lot of the guys are going to get folded into SmackDown. But I think they're going to rebuild as something more aligned with the vision of a developmental territory right? to build up the younger guys. We're going to see, you know, more squashes. We're going to see more slower builds and we're going to see less specials, I think, because they're not going to be necessary, but yeah. I think we're going to get the occasional one. It's going to be more like a lower level indie than it is. It, it will say, be. Ring yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be what takeover was, uh, you know, at the end of 2014, early 2015, before you, yeah. you got all these guys, you're going to see some matches that you go back and look at and like, oh my God, how did we fall in love with all these takeovers? Well, it was because Sami Zayn and Neville were on them. You know, we're, we're going to yeah. see takeovers kind of before it became this, this, oh my God, I got, I can't miss takeover. It's the biggest event of the week type deal. Right. The, the, the days of the work rate, uh, people loving NXT and it being the darling show of the network probably over. But I'm, I'm just I, saying, get I, ready for No Way Jose versus Austin Aries main events. If Austin Aries yes. even sticks around, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, this was a more question I wanted to re- more ex- yeah, more experimental stuff. Yeah. This was a question I wanted to relate. In similar, we got Matt on Twitter who uh, DM'd us this question. The DMs are open if you want to send questions but don't want them public uh, until the show, um, and it w- you know we we give your first name and whatnot. That's fine. But uh, this via DM does WWE. Uh, does WWE put TakeOver Brooklyn tickets on sale before the July draft? If so, would you buy a ticket? Well, tickets already went on sale. Tickets were on sale for all of the SummerSlam weekend events. People bought them up. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's basically uh, sold out. Not many tickets left. Uh, you can get a bunch of tickets on secondhand, secondhand market. The tickets are already on sale for the NXT event that will happen uh, two nights before, or the night before WWE SummerSlam. So that ma- that show is still happening. And I believe it will still be an NXT event. I don't believe it to be like a SmackDown only event or whatever the case some people are are seeing with the rumors out there. So yeah, tickets already went on sale and this is still in the era where NXT has been so hot that yeah, no one was going to miss out on that ticket just because names aren't announced, just because matches aren't announced. People want to go see the NXT shows. It's the same way with the house shows. It's the same way with takeovers at full sale. When when people see NXT tickets on sale, they want to buy them. Will that change later on if a lot of the big names go up to the main roster? Probably. But uh, yeah, right now, tickets for TakeOver are already on sale. You can you just can't buy them from Ticketmaster at the moment. And, and news w- coming out as far as anything uh, specific about that news is that they're just rebranding, whether it's the images, whether they're changing up the uh, allotment a little bit. But yes, that show is still happening on the eve of SummerSlam. Exactly. I think it's going to be basically, I think they were pulled for the purpose of possibly renaming it into something like WWE Live Presents or SmackDown NXT Presents or Ross, Raw and SmackDown Present NXT. It's going to be you, you some may, sort of hybrid. You may see NXT stars work the main roster and still work takeovers in NXT uh-huh. TV. I mean, they only have to go down for one show every month, you know? Yeah. On a yeah, Wednesday no. when there's no WWE house shows, you can still see that happening. I still think it's going to be a fantastic show from top to bottom yeah. because I think 
I think they want to recreate the magic from last year quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's not going. I don't think it's going to be branded as NXT. I think that's why they took it offline, right. so to speak. But specifically, I, I just don't think they have an idea on fully what they want to do with NXT yet as far as how much talent they want to take away, what's going to happen. Whatever Vince wants to do with NXT, that is what they will do. You know, mm-hmm. Triple H might want to keep some of these guys to build his brand, but, you know, maybe SmackDown becomes his brand. There's a lot of questions. We're going to find out in July what actually ends up happening. Uh, an account with the name of WWE Takeover on Twitter asked, do you think with the leaked brand rosters, there will be any more NXT. It seems they took all the stars from NXT, and I don't want to really address the NXT part because we just did, but I want to address the leaked brand rosters. There is no one out there that knows what brand every one of these stars are going to be on if they indeed do a full brand split. The leaked rosters, if you've seen them and you believe them, I will tell you right now, those aren't going to be accurate. Is it Reddit? I don't know where they were at. I know people posted them on Twitter and I saw it a couple of times. I think some of the news sites ran with it. Uh, Like this is the leaked brand roster. We'll see if it happens, you know, stay tuned sort of thing, but it's not real. Believe nothing. It's not real. Nothing until it happens. It's not real at all. Uh, Preston H on Twitter asks AJ Styles is getting old. How many years does he have left and how much longer can they push him as part of the new era? Hey, he's new to WWE. Doesn't matter how old he is. He's new to WWE, so they can push him as part of the new era as long as they really want to push the new era. Mm-hmm. And how many years does until, he have until, left? Until, until, oh, ton, until he shows signs of fading. I mean, he's still the MVP on the roster for the most yeah, part. What are, what are you trying to push him out? What are you trying to push him out for here, kids? <laughs> Jeez. I don't. I don't. Uh, any chance AJ Styles wins this feud with uh, John Cena or does Cena overcome the odds and beat all three men? I think you'd have to put the odds in favor of John Cena ending up on top on this program, right? I don't think John Cena loses a major match until after the brand split. And then Justin kind of follows up that question with, do we see AJ Styles versus John Cena? Do we see that feud stretching all the way to SummerSlam? I think you see it at least through Battleground, yeah. I think Battleground is more like it, yeah, if they want to do that. This very well could be the number one program outside of the world title, because the world title means, uh, you know, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, that is being contested for the title itself. But this AJ Styles-John Cena program could very well be, okay, who's the big star on Raw? Who's the big star on SmackDown? Like, who gets who? This is kind of like a main event feel to this program with AJ Styles and John Cena. You got the new era Mm -hmm. versus the WWE vet. This might be the pivotal match that kind of shows us where the brand split goes. Let me backtrack a bit. He doesn't lose clean <laughs> until after the brand split. Uh, Adrian, we, we addressed this a little bit. What would you say is the ceiling for NXT now that the brand split is happening? Again, if some of the stars on NXT go up and they're left with a, a more depleted roster, a lot of guys from the Performance Center and so forth, I, still, I, feel, I think it's going to be an exciting show and a lot of people do like saying where the new guys come from and the before they were stars aspect to NXT. Uh, I just don't think we are continuing the era of every takeover is the best takeover type thing. Mm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. A lot of this is kind of wait and see. I, I would love to say this is how I think it's going to happen, but I may think one, you know, one thing today and that might be accurate until Vince decides, you know what? I don't want to put the WWE champion on both SmackDown and Raw. Let's create two titles. And then the next day he says, no, you know what? Roman should be on both shows and so forth. And nothing we say now really relates to what's going to happen a month and a half from now. And what, where does NXT go? I think NXT is going to be important because Triple H is invested in it. 
and he's put so much time in it, it's just not going to go away. Like, I think we can shoot down the rumor right now that NXT takeover the end means the brand is ending. That's just not happening. Right. In terms of rehab of their character to get them to the main event status, do you think, number one, I don't know the wording on this one. I don't think I've done just, I'm going to read it exactly how it's said, and we'll see if this is correct wording or not, but we'll get to the main point. In terms of rehab of their character to get them to main event status, do you think number one would be Ambrose? I think what the Adrian is trying to ask is Dean Ambrose the one in most need of a rehab to his character to get him to the main event? Yes, but I think most of the guys in that Money in the Bank match need rehab to get to a main event level. I don't think Kevin Owens does. I don't think Kevin Owens does. I would agree that almost everyone else does. I think Kevin Owens has done really well for himself, and he's playing a very well, a very good political game, honestly, where he wins matches that are going to be most viewed. Like he can lose a pay-per-view match here and there, but if he beats AJ Styles on Raw in the main event segment, that's a pretty big deal. Like Kevin Owens is playing the game correctly. And Kevin Owens has a big ally in Steve Austin, and he's got a lot of uh, knowledge based on what he's done talking to the vets of the game. He's got plenty of years in the business. I think Kevin Owens has been great. Dean Ambrose absolutely needs rehab. Uh, Kenny on Twitter asks, talk about Aries and Nakamura at TakeOver. Can it equal Zayn and Nakamura from Dallas? And I think that's a big no. I think if you're going in expecting match of the year expectations with Austin Aries and Shinsuke Nakamura, you were probably setting yourself up for disappointment. But I know Austin Aries is certainly going to try to prove that he belongs in that upper echelon. I think it'll be very good. I don't think Austin Aries brings nearly the emotion of a crowd that Sami Zayn does. And I don't think he brings, I mean, Sami Zayn does, has such a more, for lack of a better term, high-flying style that gets crowds involved in it than Aries. Now, I think Aries, I think it's still going to be a very, very good match, but I don't think it's going to be at that level. So to answer the question, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't expect it to be as good as that one. But yeah, that does, doesn't mean it's going to be bad. I think it'll be a really fun match, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward mostly to the result and seeing what Shinsuke does after that, because I think Shinsuke is on a rocket to the title picture. But a month after this show is going to be the WWE brand split, so we'll see if he's even in NXT after that. Uh, Tranquilo Dragon again asked, "Did Vader's moonsaults in 1990 kill the business?" No, fat guys doing moonsaults will always be great. I don't care what anybody says. Look, this Vader thing, I think it was the the right kind of thing said the wrong way. Vader's allowed to have his opinion on wrestling. Do well, I think it's going to kill the business? I mean, it's so Jim Cornette almost no one, in terms of... This is so inside the bubble. No one knows what we're talking about, and I don't really want to spend right. time figuring it out. Okay. Michael asks, who will be world champion first, Kevin Owens or AJ Styles? Depends if there's two titles, but I don't see either. That That and is exactly what I wanted to... I was going to say the same thing because that's really where it all comes down to. If there's one world championship, I think Kevin Owens is the first one to win it because I don't know if AJ Styles yes. ever does. If there's and a I don't SmackDown, know if Kevin does. I would put Kevin's chances higher, but that's true. I think Kevin yes. Owens might win it in the same way that Randy Orton was champion so many times because you have to have a heel that beats the face and the face chases. And I think Kevin Owens has a really good future in being that guy, being kind of like the Randy Orton. But if you have two brand titles, I absolutely see AJ winning at some point, maybe even this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, it depends on if there's one or two titles. If there's one title, only Kevin Owens is in the running for that. Matt on Twitter asks, what happens first? CM Punk fights for UFC or Finn Balor gets called up? 
I think Finn Balor is the easy one here to do, but heck, neither might happen. So you never know. Who do you think benefits most? Manu asks, who do you think benefits most from the brand split? Will it be a certain wrestler? Will it be the announcers? Uh, will it be the fans? Who benefits most from a brand split? The women in tag teams, I think, benefit the most if done, quote unquote, if done correctly, because they know how to do single stars. They don't know how to build these other divisions. So I think those are the two that really I think those are the two things I, I would be watching. And finally, Joe Gagne on the Twitter feed at Take Them Ropes. <laughs> if you have questions, Joe asks at this very moment, what would your prediction be for the main event of WrestleMania 33? Oh boy, that is a good one. Uh, if it's not at SummerSlam, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Yeah, I would. I would think that John Cena is going to be in the main event of this one because he's missed out on it for so many uh, for the last couple of years. God, I mean, what was what was the last time he was in the main event? Twenty nine against The Rock, I believe was the my last other, one. My my other option is Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Get Roman and Brock, but we've seen that. I think Brock maybe be out of it. Uh, that's another that's another twist for SummerSlam because Brock Lesnar is probably going to be back on that show. Does he go for the title that he was screwed out of? What what happens there? Uh, I think John Cena would be in the main event. Roman Reigns is a is an easy one to pick. John Cena and Roman Reigns might very well be if I'm picking right now, and I have to pick one match that's most likely. I think you're right. I think that's it. Roman Reigns and John Cena as the main event of uh, WrestleMania 33. I'll put this on the table. Also, possibly John Cena, Triple H. Anything involving John Cena, basically, is my mm -hmm. pick. Uh, that is our question and answer. Thank you so much for everyone who uh, sent in questions. We got a, a phenomenal response. You can always send us questions via DM or tweet at us, at Shake Them Ropes for the show. Uh, we expanded our Twitter question of the week to a full segment this week. But next week, we will get back to Twitter question of the week. So we'll pick one question that's asked of us, and we will get to it as a topic on Shake Them Ropes. But Jeff Hawkins, it is time now. Finally, we've put it off long enough. Our mock draft, picking the rosters of Raw and SmackDown for the WWE brand extension. You'll pick Raw, I'll pick SmackDown. We go right into it. Pick number one for you is who? Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.